0: Hello, and welcome to this podcast series which explores the recently published book A New Dynamic 2. The book looks at effective systems in a circular economy and contains 11 articles which span a variety of fields, including architecture, agriculture, design, business, and engineering, providing insights that point towards a new regenerative framework for economic prosperity. I'm Colin Webster, and I work with the Ellen MacArthur Foundation, who published the book. Remanufacturing allows us to use products components again at high quality while reducing energy demand by, in some cases, 80%. Given the material constraints we face, why isn't this happening on a wider scale? Nabil Nazir is someone who can help me answer that question. Nabil is the Associate Professor for Academic Affairs at Rochester Institute of Technology, and he's the founder of the Centre for Remanufacturing and Resource Recovery. Thanks for joining me, Nabil. We'll start with a simple opening question then. For those who are new to remanufacturing, what is it? Can you define it for us?
1: Uh, Well, remanufacturing um, simply is a a process by which uh, we bring a product back from the use uh, phase and um, and through industrial processes uh, in a factory setting. uh, We disassemble the product to the component level. Uh, We test and inspect every single component. The ones that that have uh, degraded to a point where it cannot cannot meet the specification again, we recycle those parts. The ones that, through uh, very sophisticated industrial processes, we can bring back to meet the same specification as new, we put back into the line to make a brand new remanufactured product that consists of some new and some remanufactured component. Uh, but the bottom line here is that we uh, we don't compromise on quality. The product that's at the end of the line meet the same uh, condition, the same specification as a brand uh, new product, from operational to co- to uh, quality to performance. Uh, so uh, in reality, I think what's happening today is that we have done a lot of Uh, We we have seen a lot of advancement over the years. Uh, We make product that last a long time. Uh, Products are very durable. However, the life cycle of this product is is shrinking more and more because of the the significant advancement in technology that we have been making for a long time. So as a result, we end up with with product that they're basically – their, their viability in the marketplace is gone and we need to retire this product or stop using it and get a new one. However, the, the components that make up this product are still extremely valuable that can be reused again. So we, in remanufacturing, we take the product, we take all of those valuable components and put them back into making a remanufactured product that may meet the same specification as new And we upgrade it and we update the product to meet today's standards. So in a way, we provide the consumer with a product that meets their demands without any compromise and meet today's technology needs. And and also, we lower significantly the environmental burden of this product. So we, in many cases, in case studies that we have conducted, uh, we use 20% of the energy that a brand new product would use. Uh, we use sometimes up to can go up to like 90% of material old material that's coming back. Uh, so there's significant value in in, in embedded in remanufactured products.
0: Fascinating. So so you're saying uh, to summarize: number one, we can surf on the latest wave of technology, and remanufacturing can help us with that. Number two, there are economic gains to be made because you're reusing materials and massively reducing your energy use. Which in itself contributes to an environmental saving as well. With with those benefits in place, why isn't remanufacturing more commonplace?
1: I think we. Um, the, the, that's a very good question, and I think we have significant uh, challenges uh, today because of manufacturers. Uh, you know, among them, in order to actually qualify a product and go through the remanufacturing process require different technologies than the technology we use when we make a brand new product. Uh, So that, we call it, in the technical terms, we call it condition assessment. How do you determine, you know, with a very, very high level of confidence that these components can go through another life cycle without any problem? So that, that technology, for example, is one of those technology barriers. So if we don't know how to do that, you can't remanufacture the product. So there are some technological barriers. Uh, there is significant lack of investment in R&D from industry or government in this area. Uh, there, is, uh, there is a huge obstacle uh, related to uh, perception of remanufactured product. A lot of people, and even in, in many of the advanced industrialized countries, uh, remanufacture doesn't sell very well because people perceive it as not new. And, and uh, in reality, if you take a look into um, uh, many of the sophisticated manufacturing manufactured product, you would see that there is really no compromise in quality or the life cycle of the product. But however, it's it's, uh, it's perception issue. Uh, you know, another factor is that we face a lot of regulatory and, and trade barriers that limit drastically the movement of the product that is we called end-of-life product. Uh, so as a result, if you can't get those product back because of limitation, because of uh, classification of this product as waste or something like that, we end up basically unable to take advantage of of that material that's embedded in this product for uh, to remanufacture it to a new product. So that that's kind of significant uh, challenges from trade barriers to policy regulations. To uh, consumer perception, to technology barriers, and then another, um, the last one is really related to infrastructure. If I don't have sophisticated infrastructure to be able to bring the product back to me, uh, so I can I can remanufacture it, uh, it's very difficult uh, to do that. So, so those are the primary factors. As as we become more aware of the, the challenges that we face related to resource consumption and uh, and due to a lot of uh, increase in the production pattern in many, many countries, uh, there, there's a huge need to think of that circular model and the circular economy and in order for us to really succeed in maintaining or sustaining the industrial enterprises in many countries that really relate to their ability of these countries to sustain their uh, you know, standard of living, uh, we need to make sure that we address that resource consumption in a very effective way, and remanufacturing is one of those uh, significant uh, forms of of circularity uh, that that can achieve that. I just want to mention you mentioned the economics, which I think is a, is a terrific point. Um, in in on average, uh, remanufactured product. In addition to the significantly lower burden environmentally of for making that product, uh, we typically are in the 30 to 50 percent of the cost of new products. Uh, so significantly also better economically for the consumer, and and that's a major factor. Uh, another factor also that typically is not talked about uh, because of significant variability we bring uh, that come with remanufacturing as we bring the product back uh there is a lot more um people employed in remanufacturing than an equivalent uh, facility that make a new product so from an economic and employment opportunity remanufacturing offers significant opportunity in this area too ah
0: uh, but one might argue that the the cost of labor could therefore become a barrier would that be the case
1: uh well that's a good that's a very good good question because some people do think that because we use more labor, um, our costs will be higher. But in reality, uh, that is not the case because many of the product many of the components that come back, have significant cost, and it's coming to us at a very, very uh, low price because it's it's not usable anymore. So as a result, that tremendously make up for any variation in the co- in the labor costs. So uh, that make up for any difference in, in in terms of the labor costs.
0: Let's fast forward um, thirty years. Say, what what will the world of remanufacturing look like, and how will it affect our lives? How will it affect our, our cities?
1: Um, I think the, I mean, remanufacturing um, in an ideal world has its role, and remanufacturing is a gateway for a lot of other circular processes. Remanufacturing. Uh, is a fantastic way of building infrastructures that bring the product back without any subsidies because there's economic value to be gained. So uh, from, a, from a policy point of view, from an economy point of view, uh, it's a very attractive way of actually um, bringing the product back and responsibly deal with that and deal with the resources embedded in this product. So I, th- I think the future I see a lot more and more of remanufacturing because of the single factor that that many of our products today uh, we see the life cycle, uh, the the practical use, uh, the length of time we use a product is shrinking because we continue to make significant advancements very quickly. I mean, you don't have to go too far than looking into our smartphone and see that if you have a phone now that is three years old, uh, you probably are missing out on many significant advances in technology. But many of those gadgets, for example, would probably function for 10 years if, if if you maintain it properly. So as a result, if we can find a way to actually take advantage of those valuable components, and we can design the product for that potential remanufacturing uh, down the road, um, you know, there's significant opportunity for cities to create, um, you know, remanufacturing site, collection site. Uh, all of those are source of employment and economic benefits, uh, because remanufacturing typically happens closer to the point of use.
0: So, with all these benefits in place and the potential benefits in place, is it still the case that remanufacturing doesn't get the attention it's due?
1: Well, uh, the you know I remember years ago uh, giving presentation, and I always I, I always started with uh, slides. That had the title "What is Remanufacturing?" I can tell you that we don't need to do that today. So, uh, you know, thanks to a lot of work that happened over the years, and thanks to the Ellen MacArthur Foundation, was a lot of uh, really terrific publication, uh, shedding more light on what remanufacturing is, what it is role in an industrial development and resource efficiency. Uh, I think we have a lot, a lot more visibility than we had, we ever had before. And I think a lot of people start realizing uh, the value of remanufacturing. And, and we've seen a lot of industry sectors uh, involved in remanufacturing today versus what we had many years ago. So definitely huge, huge advancement in this area. However, I would say there is still a lot of uh, lack of awareness from the consumer side, from government side. Uh, related trade and policy, and, and also from the science and, and technology communities. Uh, we still have a lot of work to do. And I think that, uh, you know, um, that journey uh, is not going to end soon because I think we, have, we, we need to make a lot more progress in this area.
0: Nabil, it's been a real pleasure to hear from you today.
1: You're welcome. You're welcome. Bye.
0: If you'd like to learn more about remanufacturing or to read about the other themes explored in the book A New Dynamic 2, you can order your copy from the Ellen MacArthur Foundation website. In addition, you can join me in speaking to more contributors to the book by looking out for the other podcasts in this series. So until next time, it's goodbye for now.